All right, everybody. Welcome to the next installment of Dismount. And we are, uh, we're just ready and we are hitting our stride now, folks. Might not be completely fully here today. Might have some, uh, you know, oh we did God. a little race this morning. So we're feeling a little, we're feeling it a little bit today. But speak for yourself. As far as right. uh, <laughs> these two ran. Yeah, Randy, you better carry the weight of this episode. Yeah. Where are you I'm also at, hungover. <laughs> So, we're hitting our stride, and going forward, there's no longer going to be this, like, oh, we're season one, season two. No, we're just, it's episode after episode, it's dismount season, and it's time to just start pumping out some episodes to you folks. So, with that being said, we are going to finalize our vulnerability episode, and to start off this vulnerability episode in kind of like a funny way, Tit, how much weight do you put on? Okay, this scenario that I'm about to lay out to you, all right? So you wake up, you're like, oh, crap, man. I have to run a race at 8 o'clock, and it is 647. How much weight do you put on getting that first bow release out before you were even contemplating stepping on that finish on that starting line? Oh, I'd actually be in a very dangerous spot if I knew the race was at 8 a.m., I'd have to wake up at like 5 a.m. because my cycle is set for like, as soon as I drink coffee, I'm not like everybody else where it's ready. I got probably about, uh, I got about two hours until things like are ready. Okay. Just you got to be- wake up and massage the muscles a little bit. All right. You got to loosen. Just because of work habits. As soon as you go in, like, you know, I've, after enough times where you're like, I got to get stuff done. I can't get shit done. I gotta get stuff done. Like, <laughs> so I'd probably. You mean like weight? As in, like, how much weight are you putting on that? Because me today, dude, mm-hmm. I would not have been able to run the race that I ran had I not got. Yeah. Had I not released before, yeah. dude, I would have. I would have totally. When we were walking down to the starting line, and I was like, dude, the one thing I think about is not about not finishing. It's mm-hmm. not about like not having to stop and like mm-hmm. walk for a little while. My the whole thing that's going through my mind is not shitting myself yep. on that race. I do not want to have to walk back to my car just shat myself. That is not even remotely close to something I want to deal with. Yep. <laughs> I've always pooped a lot before running and races. Yeah, yeah, historically never, speaking. It, it's never it's <laughs> never come speaking. up in any five K or anything I've ran. I've only run five Ks. Yeah. But anytime I have always like made sure I like dosed up on the caffeine early morning and then forced myself like to have all that. some of my bowel movements ready and then later have the run. So yeah, it's this kid, how much weight you putting on that, man? I yeah, know you were like, I, was, I, I could feel, I, I could feel it <laughs> this morning. I could feel a difference and that that's, I'm, I'm like exactly like you. I need to get up and move around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, there wasn't any getting up and moving around prior to, so, um, I actually, I was all right today. Um, I would have been a lot better off had I let it rip. Dude, after going on that bike ride, <laughs> after that bike ride yesterday, and then doing what we did last night, which wasn't anything, but like, I feel like I wore clothes that just were too warm for the situation. <laughs> and then waking up this morning, dude, I tried to get a shower when I got home. 
it felt like as soon as the water hit my downstairs area, dude, I just felt like it was glass. It was just raw, dude. Not yes, just so uncomfortable. And I was like, ah, (laughs) dude, did not even want to. I was like, I can't even get a shower right now. I can't even do anything. And Powered through the shower, but I will say, man, so much weight put on that get released out because otherwise I'd have been so uncomfortable. Yeah. So rolling into the vulnerability episode, (laughs) raw, just absolutely raw. I will say, man, uh, I was thinking about it last night. I, uh, I, I sometimes felt like I was downplaying my life, like... Didn't want to make my life seem like it was so much better than other people's because I just know that there's so many people who are living in these like really depressive states or like tough, tough mental, you know, fortitude is being built and they're just in a rough, rough go. Right. And I know that I'm, I'm pretty empathetic. So I've always felt like people's energies, like before they even like really kind of like shared their shit with you mm-hmm. or allowed you in. So I always kind of like didn't want to like be like, oh yeah, I did this and I did that and what this and this and whatnot. And I'm like, man, fuck that shit. Like, mm-hmm. dude, our life is pretty freaking dope. Like, my life is pretty dope. And I am so like proud and excited to be able to just say that. Like, mm-hmm. we got together on Friday, we continued to work on the podcast, did our thing. Woke up Saturday, went for like an epic, wet, soggy bottom boy bike ride. <laughs> Just That's what I would do. My ass was wet instantaneously. Had a like existential like like moment with freaking life and energy and just like mother nature on Saturday. Yeah. Then pass out for uh two hours, wake up, go to the freaking pens game with the boys, and you're just in like the dopest freaking spot. Like mm-hmm. I've never experienced that. I mean I've been down on the ice. We used to have yeah. Fast Eddie who would get me and my dad down there close to the ice whenever we come to a game, but it mm-hmm. was that was a different experience last yeah. night. You yeah, know, cool. and just, I don't know. Things are just, we're here together. We woke up this morning. We did a 6.6 charity run, and now we're doing a podcast together. And I'm just, I'm just thinking about like where my life is versus where my life had been. And just so vulnerably like pumped to just say, like, yeah, this is the shit, man. And I'm pumped about yeah. it. And I'm not. I don't, I'm not afraid to share that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I was someone who didn't want to boast is the word I was trying to dance mm-hmm. around figuring out in my head while I was rambling on there for a while. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, vulnerability for just being able to like share your shit, man. Like mm-hmm. we've been doing some stuff and there's no reason to downplay what we've been doing or make anybody, if anybody feels something some type of way about that or thinks that i guess i've what i'm dancing around is i've been called a big shot before or i've been called uh i've been called a big shot i've been called pompous you know shit like that and you're just like damn you're just so proud in your own skin Mm -hmm. and you just get just uh arrows just annihilated Mm -hmm. on like you just constantly feel like like that weight of one person saying that in front of people is literally like the Leonidas like mm-hmm. f- film 
spot for me mm-hmm. when all the arrows are just coming down like and he's yeah. just about to take like his final mm-hmm. like final blow mm-hmm. right and i'm just like damn the weight of that just absolutely feels like that just crashing mm-hmm. down on you. yeah you're like what the fuck is wrong with people man yeah envy yeah po- probably probably projecting if if you can't get better than somebody you can you definitely try to tear them down right it's like two ways to make a the tallest building you tear down all the other ones or you build the tallest building huh somebody else said that i don't know who yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. me that's cool though <laughs> yeah yeah you either rip down all the ones that are above you or you build it higher yeah, yeah. it's pretty wild i think most people choose to do the one that's not as honorable well not most but you know the ones that hurt or whenever people do the one that's dishonorable that's the easy way out yeah it takes a lot less work than it does to build a good building yeah. To just tear one down. Mm-hmm. Demo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just put some bombs and just boosh. And it makes you yeah. not want to be like, okay, then I'm not the tallest building. I'll just be secretly like building my building in the shade. While yeah. you guys are all doing in the sun, I'm going to work on my building over here. Yeah. It doesn't need tall. Can have a cool lobby. Yeah. Could have a, a sick nice basement. Food court. Could have an underground layer. Yeah, what if it's, it goes straight underground? No one, would, no one's doing that. And it links it to Where other ones. We got tunnels. We got three tall buildings over here. We got tunnels going under. Y'all don't even know. We're building a little metropolis. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I, there is so much difference out there in this world. There's so much yin to the yang. There's so much dark to the light. There's so much good to the bad. And there's just all this constant... Uh, balances that are trying to check themselves out Mm -hmm. and i definitely don't want to be this guy who's like oh mr positivity and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff because it's not like that but i definitely like like there's some stuff going on in this world right now that i mean i won't mention because it's it's not something that i focus my time or energy on but there are things that are go on on a regular basis that you know, we wouldn't agree with, and you would look at and you would think like, man, this is some really like sad stuff, but how are you to know that that's not fully what's going on? Mm -hmm. And unless you're someone who's really truly there or truly inside of this whole like event that people are talking about, like you can't really say like what's happening and what's not happening. Like for instance, there was a video not too long ago. I want to say it was about a year or so ago, maybe a little bit longer. It's probably it was definitely during the whole pandemic and whatnot. But there was a video. I don't know if you guys remember uh, when we were pulling out of Afghanistan and all of the gentlemen were trying to run and grab onto that plane that was oh, taken yeah. off. You rewatch that video, that plane was so effing fake, it's not even funny. Like, the plane was just a blow up. And so that that event that they tried to use as a propaganda situation is so bullshit, man, that you're sitting here and you're like, come on, guys, like, you got to understand what's going on in the world out there that you're being told might not actually truly be the story Mm -hmm. that's. It's just what they're trying to feed to you to get you to think a certain a certain way. Yeah. Or that Americans are bad because look, Americans are pulling out and they're leaving all these all these uh Afghanistan or Afghan I'm gonna fuck up how to phrase Afghani, Afghani people 
they're letting them just what jump you, on whoa, 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 and hang what, on. What were you going to say? I was trying to use, that was what I was I working you go, on. like, Afghanistani. That's no. what I would have said. I'm glad I just sat here just was quiet. <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, actually kind of interesting. Which, which but regardless, like, if you look at that, the picture of that <laughs> video, like that video of that plane versus like a real plane that's supposed mm-hmm. to be it, the windows are all blacked out. There's no logos on it on the side. Right. Like it was a it was a really fake staged thing and we've seen how much like the world is just a stage. Like what are what are what are they going to put in front of us now? So I'm okay and ready to be vulnerable to be able to say like hey man, I understand you might look at this as like a really sad situation, but like to me bro, I can see how fake it is. Like I know people who yeah. I talked to over that time who were like, man, look how horrible we were. We were just leaving these people. I'm like, yeah, it's a fake blow up plane. Like, it's just such a staged <laughs> event. Like, come on now. Like, you have to see it. Like, you have to see that a lot of this stuff has just been here to try to manipulate you into not allowing you to be you. Like, yeah, it's just keeping you in this cultivated fear. Like, I don't truly want to believe that this is the thing, but you brought up a, you brought up a, the Rick and Morty episode where the um, robot learns that he's become sentient and he <laughs> learns that all his job is to do is to split oh, butter, right? Yeah. Is to spread butter. Yeah. What if uh, 5 billion people w- realize, woke up one day and realized that, Oh, the whole reason why we're here is we're just this like energy. We just are the energy batteries that keep this entire reality and simulation going. So our fear is what continues to cultivate this simulation, which allows all these people to have this control and power over the over what they can manipulate because they can't manipulate everything because ultimately the good always wins. The light always outshines the dark. So if you choose the dark, you're ultimately always going to be outshined by the light. So if you want to go down the dark path, sure, dude, there's some really sick, cool shit you could do. I mean, it's interesting. I still think it's interesting. I know it's dark stuff, but like black magic and all that kind of interesting stuff, that's real shit. Like it's real stuff that happens in our reality and it's cool, but it's also if you want to go down that path, you don't become... Gandalf the White. You know what I mean? Love Gandalf the White. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to go down that path. Like, you've seen it in all these amazing movies. Like, who do you want to be, dog? Like, the bad guys, sure, dude. They keep coming back. They ain't going to go anywhere because there's always got to be a dark to the light. Yeah. But they don't end up winning. Like, when do you see them winning? They don't. So it's just, I think it's so interesting that. You get to choose your reality here. Yeah. If you do, you want to sit in this sadness and this sulking and like whatever, or do you want to just say like, "Yo, this experience is dope as fuck." Like, mm-hmm. where else am I going to get this experience? Who knows mm-hmm. what else? You know, this experience might be in different realities or mm-hmm. you know, different existences. This is pretty effing cool to me right now. Yeah. Like. Went to a hockey game, rode my bike this weekend. Like, I have a dope life. Like, right. You know, and if I don't sit here and appreciate that, like, it's just going to slip away, man. Yeah. What role do you guys think that manipulation plays in kind of like the dark side to the light 
manipulation versus being vulnerable and the aspect that like how much of an influence do you think we become less vulnerable as our counterparts become more manipulative? Oh, wow. That's a, that's an interesting, like Mm -hmm. to dance around that. Holy shit sticks. Like, I don't know. As you would allow yourself to be more vulnerable, do Mm -hmm. you open yourself up to allowing those entities to influence you more yeah and i see exactly mm-hmm. where you're going with that of course so as i break down these walls of allowing myself to experience new shit do i i open myself up mm-hmm. for that potential so then what do you got to build in place to guess, be able to you know weather that storm i think it's kind of i'm gonna go stick on the lord of the rings theme and i apologize for any viewers who haven't watched it Go watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been out for a while. <laughs> it's like twenty years now, almost. Um, well, two thousand three, I think, was the last one. So, but uh, I think Aragorn and Saruman would be very good examples because Aragorn, he'd be the one. He is vulnerable, but he's not like completely vulnerable. Like he builds up his skills and his abilities and his relationships, and that allows him with you know, the combination of everyone to defeat Saruman along with like Gandalf the gray and all these different empires. So I think it's kind of like maybe the answer to a manipulative wizard Saruman against the vulnerable knight, um, Aragorn, who is, you know, the legacy of basically the, you know, what represents a good and evil. Yeah. Like he's, he's the path. He's going to go one or the other. And he's always like, I'm afraid of myself. I can't, I'm not man enough to wield the ring. I'm not strong enough. My ancestors weren't. And uh, then it becomes a challenge of, all right, so I guess his answer was build up your strength, skills, and then you need something like, not outside of yourself, but he gets the sword. They rebuild the sword that has like elvish magic or something. Yeah. And that is like their saving grace. But I guess in that respect, the sword embodies him. Like it's everything good about yourself all coming to this culmination point. And with the help of others, you need to open yourself up to have the help of others and trust other people to get to that point. Cause alone Aragorn lost. Dude. I love how movies are so fascinating (laughs) at being Mm -hmm. able to show you like how much like we should be doing together, Mm -hmm. but yet we're not working on, you know, yeah. just like we're stuck here, just like worried about keeping up with the Joneses, you know, and I'm using that old school phrase mm-hmm. as just a a blanket mm-hmm. to it. But we're too worried about what other people have or this or that. And it's just like we don't focus on what we have or what we need to be doing. And you said this before. It was uh, it was on the last episode we just did. And you said, yeah, 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 that's cool. Like, but what are you doing for society? You know, like, yeah, sure. We can put the blame on, you know, we can pass the buck over to like, okay, yeah, sure. Three of us can sit in here in this room and say like, this is what we're doing wrong. But what are we doing to ultimately bring that to society? You know, not sitting here saying like, oh, society, you're fucked up because you guys can't stop judging each other. No, what are we doing that's ultimately bringing that to the light? Yeah. And 
how do you do that? How do you sit here and how do you not judge each other? Like we're sitting here, we're having a conversation, you know, none of us judge each other in what points of view we bring from to this table. Mm-hmm. But if someone doesn't have any awareness or isn't even trying to build any awareness to understand that kind of stuff, to be able to respect themselves more, to ultimately show more respect to the people who they love or they allow inside them. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. You know? So it's like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So how do you all, how do you push the buck? Like, how do you push, how do we keep pushing society? How do we keep doing it without it being like a, this is what everybody does now. And that's just how it is. Yeah. You know, I just, I'm so fascinated with trying to figure out that concept of like, how do we start pushing that around to more people? How do you start pushing the love around to more people? The understanding, the shit. Why do I keep saying all this kind of stuff? Oh, it's because I feel that type of way. I'm worried about myself. You know, I'm saying these things because it's more about me. It's not about that person. I've never had that conversation with myself. Yeah. You know, so it's just, where do we even get that ball rolling? You have to start Hmm. with yourself. Like that's, I guess guess that's the way I look at it. Like that's what I can do is starting with yourself and respecting yourself and being open with yourself and trying to promote love and in, you know, the way you look at who you are and what you do. And, and, you know, I think that's, that's something where, you know, it's tough, but looking inside and then projecting out would be, be my goal, you know, being able to take care of myself and then be like, all right, well, after trial and error, these are the things that work for me. And it's always going to be the right things. Mm-hmm. The right things are hard though. That's why no one really wants to deal with them. Yeah. But, um, you know, the way I look at it would be exactly that, you know, trying to start within and then, you know, there's no really being there for other people without being there for yourself first. Oh, without a doubt. You have to show up for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about that topic before. If you don't have if you don't have a full glass, you know, yeah. you don't have anything to pour anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you haven't built up the self love, you have no love to give. Yeah. And I changed the filter on your Brita um pitcher, then you know, you ain't get any water anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it is just you gotta filter it out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, just how do you that ball getting that ball rolling, man? I think there's interesting. I think there's something cool with all, all those concepts that kind of links together. And I was like, you know what? It's kind of like the fellowship getting super nerdy, going back to Lord of the Rings all yeah. over again. But it's kind of like what we're doing right now. It's like, well, how do you like build that? It's like, well, you start small, start with yourself, then move to a small group, check in with that small group, keep everyone accountable. Yeah. And I think. Jordan Peterson had a good thing to say about like sharing news. Be careful who you share good news with and bad news. And yeah. at first I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And I was like, like I get one of them, but not the other. And I was like, well, the good news, because like, you don't just want to go around and be like, Hey, I got a scholarship. I got into Harvard. I got into Yale. And then there's that person with that small building. That's just like, Man, F them. Like, yeah. F them. I hope they fail out and they're going to come up with all these reasons to tear you down behind your back and be like, they got in because their mother works for, 
worked for Full House and she bribed. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That actually happened. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, but they'll have all these reasons. I think it takes like a fellowship of people who are, you know, at least a small group of people to be like, okay, here are a couple examples. And um, I think whenever it comes to a movement, it might have been you or it might have been you or it might have just been something I heard on a YouTube video. It was like, how many people does it take to start a movement? It's like the second takes the second person yeah the first person they can start but you need like at least two to three once you get like that third one you got some traction yeah yeah but that's what i was thinking about what does it take i think it takes at least a second person to start to make some changes yeah and someone that aligns themselves with you know your your thought process and what you want out of life because i mean that's it's a battle but it's also like you, you can't you know, hit your head up against a wall over and over again, mm-hmm. hoping that people will change or even want to live in the manner that you do. So I think it's important to understand that as well. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with those people either. You know, depending on you know, everyone views life differently, everyone perceives life, everyone's been through different circumstances and environments. And I think that, you know, it, it's important to to understand that alone because if you're going to, you know, try to mold people in your fashion, then you're no better than the people who are, you know, taking advantage or manipulating folks into what they want, you know, mm-hmm. self-fulfilling. My hardest thing is sitting here and like, I think I might've said this before. Or I say it to people on a regular basis, but am I the only one who drank the Disney Kool-Aid man? Like anyone can <laughs> become what they want to become. Like this is a magical world. And like, you know, and your dreams you can achieve any of your dreams like yeah i just i don't understand why so many people just beat themselves to this pulp of like everything's gone it is what it is life is over i'm I'm not going to become this i'm not going to become that and i'm like shit man like you can become that at any point in time like it doesn't matter what day and age what where you're at like Okay, so you don't do it to this extent or that level of like, say you want to get back into running and, oh, I'm 60 years old and I, I want to get back into running. Okay, I might not be running in every single Boston marathon, but like I can still get back into running. I can right. still do 5Ks. Mm-hmm. I can still do 12K. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you see, you can get into stuff. It's just, it might not be to the extent or the level that you might have dreamed at one point in time or thought you could have achieved, but why just anything is possible like i just walk around walk through life and i see it every single person because there is nothing about me that is any more special than any single other person here there's not anything that i'm capable of any single other person here is capable of and anything that any single person has done here i'm capable of doing as well and i believe that so some people look at that as like, or some people might look at that as like, well, that's kind of lame. Like, you mean I'm never going to be an original? No, you might be the original to set the new record, but everybody's capable of doing all these amazing, fascinating things here. It's just, when did we stop? When did we stop believing in ourselves? Yeah. When, when was that beaten out of us? You know, so that vulnerability of contemplating like the thought process of, 
you know, did all these people allow themselves to be put to be vulnerable in these situations of doing these jobs that they didn't want to do or having that imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And then that stems into, I've been beaten down so many times that I just allow the beat and I just accept the beat as that's, that's my usual. That's my norm. Right. Mm -hmm. I just take this ass whooping all the time. I think somebody said it's like it's better if you're on a path to hell. It's better to go by car because you'll get there faster and you'll turn around faster. <laughs> but it's all of us are walking slowly towards. I shouldn't say all of us because I don't want to speak for anyone listening. Yeah, but a lot of people are generally they're taking a slow walk to hell and it's getting warmer. It's kind of like the gaslighting thing. It's getting warmer and warmer gradually. Things suck. You're like, oh, gotta do this bullshit again. Got to go through and do these things that are a pain in my ass that I don't believe in, but, you know, make money for the boss. And ultimately it comes down to, I forget who said this, but somebody said you could either spend your time chasing your dreams or chasing someone else's. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're kind of set up in a formula that if you want your, I joked about this before, but if you want your insurance, you want your 401k, you want your security and your retirement and basically to be able to live a life that there's like less risk then you're going to end up kind of, you know, walking along with the rest of the lemons or lemmings, I think. Yeah. But it uh, kind of sucks. Cause I think a lot of people, they lose a lot of that light and fire inside of them as time goes and just kind of gets beaten out of you a little bit more and more. And then, you know, we're enjoying our life and our life gets to happen when we're not doing that. And I think, Myself including a lot of people, you don't necessarily, you don't work the job that sets your heart on fire. You work the job that you are either skilled at, you've developed the skills, or you make good money, or all three. Yeah. And you just get stuck in that rut. And I, I think you pointed out a really good thing. It's like me with like, you know, making movies and stuff. I don't give myself enough time, commitment, or joy experience into doing anything that's a little project. And I'm like, as soon as I say, hmm, that'd be a lot of work, I'd be like, well, you don't have any more energy for work. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I think that's our our fallacy that we all fall into is, one, that the things that require effort equals work. It's not always the case. <laughs> Once you've done something enough, you start enjoying it, and then it's no longer work. It's just a habit. But then, two, we watch everyone on Instagram and all these sites, like we've talked before, living their best life. Well, meanwhile, who knows what that person's life is like? You're not looking at their life at all. You're looking at Plato's cave. You're yeah. looking at the shadows of their life saying, this person's super happy. They're super fit. They don't have pimples. They never did. You know, they, their shit smells like roses. Everything's great. And we see that, and then we just say, oh, yeah, their life's great. My life's not. And then we start go back into our job, and then we're like, ah, just that. <laughs> yeah. Well, has, how, many people can actually, how many people can actually say they have a boss who understands this concept? You know, if I'm not invested into that company, mm -hmm. there is no reason why I should be going above and beyond. So if I get paid for 40 hours worth of work mm -hmm. and that's what 
I'm paid for. I'm here to do this task. I'm here to do project management on these. Here's your projects for the time being、mm-hmm. until these are done. Once these are done, we will pass you another set of projects. If I continue to go above and beyond for、mm-hmm. that company, I'm the ass. I'm the ass. I've experienced that. <laughs> okay. Because if I'm not invested into that company, so what I mean by that is if I'm not getting a dividend check. Mm-hmm. Off the quarters for all the people who are actually investors in that company or part owners, then I'm a fool. I'm a fool.、Mm-hmm. You know, yes, there is the concept of perpetuating this, continuing to keep the company going, and you want to do something. You, you might go out of your way to do one or two things that help keep things running smoothly、mm-hmm. or might make things easier for you、mm-hmm. during the week. But To go way above and beyond is just a goofy, it's a, it's a terrible idea if you're not someone who's ultimately going to get those return on your investment. Because、mm-hmm. yeah. you're not. You know, you might work for a good company that gives you a really good bonus at the end of the year, but you can't bank on that.、Mm-hmm. And you can't bank on the company going out of, not going out of business or not selling before you get that big bonus.、Mm-hmm. So, If I'm, not an in, if I'm not an investor, if I'm not a part owner, if anything happens to that company, I get nothing. It's gone. Boom. Now I got to start back over.、Mm-hmm. So, like, there's just so many people out there that we don't live by that concept. Like, you want people to work harder for you、mm-hmm. in your company, you give them part ownership. And then now there's some stake、mm-hmm. to the actual game. Oh, shit. If I go above and beyond and I go get these other two contracts, like those other two contracts will bring in this money, which ultimately, ooh, that brings in an extra million. That's going to bring in an extra $2,500 on my, my dividend check next quarter. Yeah. That's when you start bringing the heat, man. That's when you,、mm-hmm. like, that's when you'll start seeing some people really, really do some shit for your company. Yeah. Now, I can't sit here and say, like, oh, Zach, what do you got a, what do you got a Fortune 500 company and you know what you're talking about? No, but you will fucking wait and you wait and see what companies we build. And you wait and see the people who constantly talk about how they want to keep working for us and how we're building every single one of those people into someone who gets the fuck out of there. Yeah. And does it for themselves.、Mm, yeah. No, it seems like it comes from, I mean, Probably a little bit of greed and then a little bit of like,、uh, like an ego thing. Like, you're like, oh, like, you know, if you don't want to invest in those people, it's most likely because you feel like, you know, well, I, I built this myself. I brought you, I gave you this opportunity. I brought you to the table, you know, and I'm feeding you. Isn't that good enough?、Mm-hmm. And、um, I mean, sometimes it is. Yeah, exactly. Like it、yeah. can be, but like, you know, that's why you have to have that relationship and understanding with your job where it's a, you know, don't overextend then. You know, like a lot of people will, I don't say a lot of people, but like, I'll use myself as an example, like、um, trying to fuel passion outside of work is really. A battle, especially as you get older and there's more responsibilities and whatever it may be. But, um, you know, you're, you're, you're killing a part of that by overextending yourself for a job that maybe 
you know, thankless. And, and, you know, I don't think that's my situation at my current job and in, in too much of it. Like the, the good part about my job is, you know, I can sell more things and make more money. So actually like, yeah, like that example, example you just gave, like the more money I make for the organization, the more money I make for myself. Yeah. So it does work in that sense. The job is also, um, grueling <laughs> to say the least, but, um, you know, it's, it's something where, I really think you see it alone is like, okay, cool. If, if you don't have that investment into a certain gig, that's not even your passion, then cool. Like use it as a means then. Like if you want to be a guitar player, you can, you're, you're doing it. Like you don't need, it doesn't need to mean like you get paid to play guitar. Like mm-hmm. some people are really lucky. Not everyone is, you yeah. know, like you can be like, cool, this is how I make money. And then I go and do the thing I love. That's okay too. Well, who wants to sell their soul? You right. Know? Well, sometimes to, you do it and, and it takes the fun out of it. Like right. you lose the fun. Mm-hmm. You lose it. Right. Because it's it's attached to your well-being and, and, and being able to live like somewhat normal life. And, and, you know, am I going to cover rent? Am I going to be able to pay my car insurance? You know, and that's tied into something you really love. I don't know. I don't know if that's my gig. If someone told me right now, hey, brother. You just got to trade in your soul. And for the rest of this existence, you can go do your own thing. You have all the money will just always, the money will always be there. You'll be able to travel the world, go experience every single thing you want to go experience, go do all the shit you want to do. You can do all the philanthropy. You can do everything, anything you want to do while you're here. But we get your soul. Nah, not giving it up. Mm -hmm. It's not happening. That's my forever. That's my everything, you know, at the end, that's where I was. That's where I was like, we were trying to say like, Mm -hmm. what is that piece that you have to hold as close to you as possible? Or what do you need to build up to be able Mm -hmm. to protect you from situations like that? The, Mm -hmm. I become more vulnerable. So I open up myself to potential darkness, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the piece. I have the soul, man. So if as long as I have that soul, mm-hmm. I always have that light in me. Mm-hmm. So that light can't be affected by the dark. Mm-hmm. But if I release that light, if I give away my essence of who this is, then I've just opened up myself to all the darkness. Yeah. So do you want to become immortal? Sure. Give away your soul. You could easily become immortal. Fuck yeah. You want to stay here forever, <clears throat> dog? You could become that if you wanted to. I don't want that. I want to keep going and experiencing everything else that there is to experience. If we can calculate multiple dimensions right now from being in this dimension, that means that there's multiple other opportunities out there. Mm -hmm. So I'm robbing myself of a potential next experience or a completely different experience to this. Mm -hmm. No way, dude. No way. Not for one go round of whippy de ding dong. No way. It's not happening. Now, would that would that be awesome? Like, could you do a lot of good? Could you end up be being amazing or whatever? Yeah, man. But that to me, that's just selling out to the zeros. Mm-hmm. And you, when you could have been a hero, mm-hmm. you know. And I just think there's too many people who just have given into the zeros, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you've described essentially, it's funny. This will be the third time I come back to Lord of the Rings, but essentially, Frodo versus Gollum. Yeah. 
Frodo's like, I have this honorable mission, this quest that I have to do, this thing that I have to carry out. And you have Gollum who killed his brother out of greed. Yeah. And tried to become all powerful, just sucked in to the dark side. And spoiler alert, again, <laughs> Gollum kills his brother. But yeah. But yeah, he just he becomes a deformed version of what he once was. You ruined it. You ruined the movie for me. Thanks, Ted. I know you've seen all three. <laughs> I'm the only one in this room who just, oh, this is embarrassing to say, but being vulnerable, I just watched the, those three in a row for the first time this year. Heck yeah. Yeah. But I am so glad because my knowledge of story is so much better that I got to watch each one of them and dissect them as I was watching with a 30-year-old brain rather than like a 10-year-old brain. Yeah. So then I got to watch all of them and I was like, holy hell each movie is like three movies yep. in one yeah you know? and i still have the hobbit series to go I'm like, yeah oh. but so good so i'm glad kind of like in the same way you you said about like your life like i'm glad i am where i am right now like as far as my work i do right now you know it doesn't light my heart on fire but it's a purposeful mission i know i work in the medical field and i know that the things i do during the day are help helping making people's lives better yeah they're changing people's lives mm-hmm. you're making components man that ultimately go into people mm-hmm. give them opportunities to get back you know mobility that they didn't have mm-hmm. and that right there that is the side of the medical field and big pharma and stuff like that that no one can sit here and say isn't fantastic mm-hmm. you know isn't the awesome stuff that we've been doing you know but it is we're getting more and more by the day of seeing how much of the dirtiness has come from stuff like that. Yeah. And where I think more and more people by the day are starting to finally say like, no, I'm going to make the decisions for myself. Mm-hmm. Like Dana White, you've seen all this stuff going on with Dana White and uh, mm-hmm. uh gentleman's last name is Brecca. I believe his name is Gary Brecca, but Gary Brecca is uh, like a biologist human biologist and he completely uh saved dana white's life oh with the tele was it telomeres telomeres i don't know what telomeres are but he completely revamped dana white's uh his like diet and everything Mm -hmm. that he does dana white was in an interview recently he said i will never go back to uh a doctor for just my normal like everyday health he goes, I'll never go back. I was like, wow, that's a bold statement. Mm-hmm. You coming out here after all this shit, you know, like it's a bold statement. But regardless, like that kind of stuff, like we're more and more by the day, we're seeing this really interesting, like interesting stuff come out mm-hmm. and it's cool. And yes, there are some things that are like, you're like, okay, maybe um, not this, but that. Yeah. Okay. But mm-hmm. It's cool. Like you like seeing, I like seeing all the interesting stuff that's coming mm-hmm. and I like seeing that we're growing as a society mm-hmm. and in, and throughout like all this stuff that's happening, like the dark stuff that's happening right now is like the last grasp at trying to hold that control because we're leaving, we're leaving this house and this, the house of Pisces was the house of deception. Mm-hmm. And we've been moving into the house of Aquarius, if you follow your astrology. And the house of Aquarius is the house of knowledge and the house of understanding and the house of learning. So, like, it's really interesting that society is transitioning and you follow, mm-hmm. like, 
the astrology follows the way society has followed. And mm. you're just like, that's so cool. Like, mm. yeah. So our, was our story really written in the stars before it even happens? You know, like was mine and your existence written in the stars on the day we were born? You know, like my purpose, my, what was going to happen in my life, the experiences that I was going to have in this incarnation for me was supposedly written in the stars on the day I was born, the second I was born. It's like fun- it's wild. It's funny. I'm a Pisces water sign, and some of the most spiritual experiences I've had were getting in some cold ass water, like in Kauai in the waterfalls. I like. I also, you know, trained my body with the cold shower exposure, yeah. but jumping in there, it's like, whoo. Also, it just some of those best experiences have been whenever I've jumped in water. You feel like you've been blessed, but. Aside from that note, I think telomeres was the thing that you're looking for because I think I also knew about okay. Dana White. Basically, that doctor told him like, "Hey, you're gonna live for like ten more years and then you're gonna die." Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, "I figured." See, essentially, the human version of carbon dating, um, something. So he told him like, "This is what I'm seeing because of what your genetics is showing. You're gonna die probably in ten years." And then Dana White's like. What? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to drop a bunch of weight. I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to eat fruit, vegetable. I'm going to do all this shit. And then that's whenever he like dropped a bunch of weight and started to get in shape and started taking care of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said he was tired of all the pills. Yeah. He got him off all the pills. Wow. That's what he got him off of. That's pretty awesome. It's cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of awesome stuff that's coming our way. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of crazy shit like... Like, for instance, what's going on right now, there's going to be crazy shit that's going to be happening. That's going to be trying to grasp Mm -hmm. at keeping those last group of people in that fear-based, mongering society. You know, we're not going to transition into this society where it's like all daffodils and dandelions and everybody's all, everybody wears white and everything's white and everything's neutral. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're going to transition into. But it would be really cool to transition into a society where we can drive down a road and everybody doesn't get road rage at each other Mm -hmm. or everybody understands like, Hey, these people have a shit job that they're probably going to too. So why am I losing my shit over getting to this job that I don't even like right now? And I'm going to treat people like shit in the process on my way there. Yeah. Damn. Why haven't I sat here and taken in? Holy crap. Mm-hmm. What have I been doing yeah. for how mm-hmm. many years? Yeah. I also think it's unfair a little bit too, though. Cause I mean, we're like, we've like monkey brains too. Like we still kind of have like, mm-hmm. like we're still evolving, you yeah, know, well, that's from, what like, I'm from being like, like animalistic, like, yeah, it's any person could sit there and take inventory. Like we're all capable of doing it, but like, you know, like that's why like, and, and it's moving that direction. Sure. But like, I mean, there's always conflict, and I think people won't give credit to that. Like that, like now is the best time to ever be alive. Mm-hmm. Like this is it. This is the best mm-hmm. as far as advancement goes and life itself. Now, like people can make it up and say, like you know, uh, the '90s were the best time to be, you know, 20 years old or something. Like that's cool. I don't know, maybe, but like you know, pre-internet, I don't know. Like that's a whole different, completely different society. Period. Mm-hmm. Everything everything is completely different the second the internet got fucking switched on so 
mean, as far as medical advancement, longevity of life, quality of life, um, I, I do believe now is the best time to be alive. But I think it's, you know, it's also easy to just get caught up in like, you know, like I think we all want to like, you know, fight battles all the time, whether we like to admit it or not. Like there's always a new hill to get over. There's always something new, yep. you know? So it's like, you know, cool. Like, like my dumbass, like, like always worried about money. And then I got a job that paid well. And I was like, all right, cool. Now what do I get to worry about? You know, like what's next to worry about? Cause I'm just wired that way. Unfortunately, like I work on that. I'm getting better at that. But like, it's a, it's, it's a battle with yourself to be, okay with taking those consistent inventory checks and, and, you know, understanding that, wow, you know, like, you know, and, and it's not all just bullshit battles we make up. It's, you know, there are battles we all face every day. It's, it's life, you know, we're only here for a certain amount of time, you know, with the people in our lives and, and, you know, tasks we face on a daily basis, you know, it's something where there are challenges to be had, but, you know, we could all owe it to the person next to us to be a little more aware of the challenges they're facing because they don't really ever conflict with us too much. Mm -hmm. So let them deal with their shit. You know, don't step down on them for it or, or you know, you know, give them shit because of it. Mm -hmm. You know, let it let it be and, and you know, be, be a little more aware of it. How often do you feel that you're in a safe enough space to allow yourself to finally relax? I had this feeling. I mean, it's only around like so many people. Like I can only, it's only around certain people. But here's the, what I, right, that. Or, or just without people in general. Um, okay. I mean, it's hard, like with like, especially my life, it's just, I always like, like definitely overextend myself so uh like even yesterday like i mean even right now fucking weekend like like we, yeah we had a dope weekend like i'm not going to trade any of it i'm not gonna say oh we did too much but like even yesterday like woke up got to meet the second i'm up you're 10 minutes away get it on the bike get on the bike come back soaking fucking wet the water's out got to go check on the cat for my girl had to go put laundry in checked on the cat came back ryan's there i'm in the middle of cleaning the apartment running around back and forth this and that and then like even ryan said like it was on the phone with carrie and like i don't know i think it was when you showed up i was mm -hmm. like yeah i think like yeah derek needs to like sit down for a bit <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i do and anyone who knows me best probably would say the same thing mm -hmm. well we were talking on the bike mm -hmm. uh yesterday about this concept of how important community is and building out that community and where you were mm -hmm. talking about that fellowship mm -hmm. goes right with this. Like if the three of us were dropped a thousand years ago in the Sahara, all right, mm -hmm. whatever, just pick a place that you think is real dangerous. Mm -hmm. All right. I like the Sahara. That's a good one. <laughs> messed the up three of us are just <laughs> who put us here <laughs> yeah the three of us are just dropped into this situation all right now we have to survive luckily we have the three of us so like mm -hmm. all right two of us are getting rest you're on night watch mm -hmm. you know so now you're able to finally get some rest because we have someone who can watch the night mm -hmm. okay we start building up this community all right we've now built mm -hmm. this up we found some ladies we started building families mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff all right Derek, you're staying here with the kids and the women while Brandon and I go out and hunt. 
having that ability to have those people in mm-hmm. your life of allowing yourself those places where you mm-hmm. can finally feel safe. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't really think about that until this yeah. past week, man. Like holy shit, like tripping nuts and I lay down in my bed yesterday and <laughs> I'm like, I'm so happy because I have two dogs here in this house right now. Mm -hmm. I feel so safe to be able to just lay down Mm -hmm. and relax Mm -hmm. for the next two hours, set an alarm. I'm going down to D's at four Mm o'clock and we're going to the Penguins game. But right now, I'm just going to take some time to just be me and just relax and just allow myself this time where I'm feeling the energies of the earth. I'm feeling how I can, I'm feeling myself like manipulating the rain outside. And that's when I was like, all right, this shit's getting bonkers. And so regardless, I felt safe because I had my dog and like I was allowing, I had that ability to be able to be in that place of being happy and enjoy that experience because I had someone who made me feel safe. Right. Like, if there was anything that would have happened or transpired, Ruby's losing her shit and barking. And then now that's when the ticker goes from relaxed to fight or flight. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when I'm like, okay, now we're on guard. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I want to travel the world Mm -hmm. and I want to go see stuff. And, like, I, I know that having a dog, like... I don't want to leave my dog all the time, but I just, I don't know if I can live without a dog, man. Yeah. Like I just, it's hard for me. Like even on the days when I don't show up enough for them, like they're always there showing up for you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just think of her as like this little dragon dude. Like (laughs) this is, it's just my dragon that protects me, man. Like at any point in time, she could just like morph into this like badass freaking entity creature and just yeah. be like protect you in the spirit world. You know what I mean? Like right. just interesting, mm-hmm. cool shit like that. But what do you guys got? You know, what are you thinking about when it comes down to what we've been talking about today, Tit? Like, what are where's your head go with all the stuff we've been chatting about? Um. So I mean. I really like the idea of the fellowship like we've been talking about. I think I think that that's really important and it's very good to understand like we all really it's really hard to be vulnerable. Like I I'll be honest, you guys know me. You guys know I'm like always Mr. Optimist, but like I don't always want to be. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just that's just yeah. my role and I've been trying to slide out of my role more and more. Like I mentioned in the last podcast like it's hard for me to walk past somebody and not say hello. Yeah. <laughs> like if, even if I have the exact same conversation, like three times within like six hours, be like, <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Good. What's up? Uh, not much. How about you? Like, <laughs> yeah, my one, my one coworker probably drops some nuts, but I just try to change it up every once in a while. But that, and I think another concept we mentioned in a previous episode was on uh, respect. And I think sometimes, you may over-respect people and it's hilarious because they come from a whole different set of rules and universes. And I just listened to, um, I think it was an after school, uh, special. Okay. S K O O L. Like you uh, showed me. Yeah. And it talks about the programming that we grow up with the first seven years. There's that age old adage. Give me a boy or child for the first seven years and I'll show you the man. 
who's going to become. Yeah. So we have all Jesuits. this. Yeah, we have all this programming that comes into it, and then everybody else they have their own completely different universe that they're walking around with all different programs. And it's so interesting because this goes into one of our questions um, is vulnerability. This is our question. We've focused mainly on is vulnerability, a universal experience. Does it vary across different cultures, backgrounds, how cultural norms and societal ex- expectations influence the willingness to be vulnerable. We all have like millions of programs. In my opinion, that's not a realistic number. That's just a number. Yeah. We all have these millions of programs that are running in our head that tell you what's okay, but I have millions of mine that some of them overlap. Some of them don't tells me what is okay. And then you also have all these, these rules and programs saying what's okay. So we all are supposed to come together and we have to learn what each right. other's rules programs. And I think one of my biggest shortcomings on being vulnerable is speaking back, talking back. I'm still in that like yeah. mentality of like, don't be a bad boy. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I, like, it's so interesting. I'm like, you always got to be a good boy. Like, and it's hilarious because it drives me a little nuts because some people, they don't have the same rules and programs that I do. And right. I'm like, you mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. Son. I'm like, I'm sitting here. I've been building my building with all really good material all the time. And you motherfucker, you just built this shack <laughs> yeah. that's 20 stories tall and it's going to fall on my building any moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, just keep working on your building. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and then you go over and you're like, you say something nice to the person. They're just like, let me, what? And you too, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> shove it up your ass. Like, but I think that's probably my biggest uh, thing that I'm working on actively, or not that actively. I'm trying to get better at is being more vulnerable in the sense of like carrying around a sword. Like I, I may be that manipulative wizard. I I've noticed it's interesting. We do have like small little positive manipulations. Yeah, like. You take care of someone one day, and that rule says, okay, then they're going to take care of me back. Like, if I hook up the guy who works off shift to me, hopefully he'll look after me. As long as his programs match yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think that's my biggest takeaway is, like, just understanding everyone has their own individual universe and set of rules and programs, and they do not always coincide. And it's about learning, okay, how do I take off the armor while still carrying around a big enough sword going back to Aragorn. Yeah. Aragorn. I figured out that's actually kind of, you know how I relate to it, but yeah. Yeah. So me, it's about me being vulnerable is actually being a little bit more aggressive than I usually am. Yeah. I like that. It's interesting. Yeah. No, I like that too. I think, I think that, you know, mentioning what you were saying about, um, being able to do anything you want and like i i i subscribe to that idea too like you know most people would say I subscribe like, to that subscribe anyway um no i think that um i think that i i completely agree with that people like you know i can't really say people but i think with myself like i've always um you know, I've always seen it as like, my, just because something isn't my passion doesn't mean I'm not capable of doing it, you know? So in, in that same sense, like, 
you know, just because I'm wired a certain way or was because of the, you know, experiences I've had in the past doesn't mean that that's, you know, the person I am subscribed to being yeah. for the rest of my life. Like that doesn't like, like, you know, there are opportunities to be like in, in the sense of vulnerability, like, cool. Like, you know, why do I act that way? Is that, do am I, is that actually like who I am? Like, who am I? And, and, you know, having those opportunities to have those conversations with yourself are something I'll take away from this is, is, you know, that idea of just because of who I've been for the last 30 years doesn't mean that's that's the person I got to be tomorrow either. Have that ability to change. Oh, is that always have it? Yeah. Well, Every day. Deep. You can just like immediately. But it's so. I walk out of the store and be a different person than you've ever, you know, even got to know me tomorrow. It's so empowering. Like, oh, what the fuck, dude? Like, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's the most empowering thing in the world is to know that like most of the shit you deal with is shit you can solve. That's like, that's the most empowering thing. Like that could be like most of the problems you deal with are problems you create. Like that could be like, oh my god, dude, I fuck everything. I'm like, no, that just tells you that like you have so much power. You have all the power. I go back to a year and like two months or something ago when we went down to the jazz festival and we both stepped into those portajons in the River Hounds oh. uh, parking lot on our way walking in, and we were talking to each other into the portajons because we were the only two people in the whole parking lot, but. We were like, man, such an interesting concept. Like you're inside this box just by yourself right now. And like I can open this door up and it could be an entirely different universe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like that concept of just at any point in time, I can walk through this next door and just choose like this is where I want to go. This is where I'm heading towards. Right. Like I just that's mm -hmm. so empowering, man. It's mm -hmm. so empowering. It's yeah. so cool. Well, y'all. This was another fantastic episode from the squad here, and we were finalizing just our thoughts at 30, 31 years old of what vulnerability. 32, according to your bib. Yeah, according to my bib, I'm 32. What? Bullshit. <laughs> Kid threw me under the bus as a 91-er. Uh, hey, so we'll see you guys on the next one. Uh, as always, don't trust us. Trust yourself, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. We'll figure out what number we're on, and next week we'll know. 69. Yeah. <laughs> 42. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, for Zach, for hosting. Thank you, Titty, for all the uh, insights. Yeah, I was pretty quiet this one, actually. I'm glad, yeah, glad you did something talk. You carried no, you, the weight like we uh, you, like you I You brought hope. a lot of... Oh, before we end up closing, there was a really cool thing that you mentioned. Fire it away. It made me think about... So, you're talking about like you always have the choice to like be somebody different. And there was something I read or listened to a long time ago. And it was along the lines of like, don't act as you are act as the person you want to be. So if you do that every single time, like, and you feel like, okay, that's not really genuine action of mine. Eventually it will be because habits, you do that 60 times, 90 times, then that's who you are. Yeah. Your subconscious and your body has learned. That's who I am. That's how I act. And then by yeah. not doing it, you'll actually feel like a physical response. Like, hmm, that's not who I am to not do that. I got to do it. Isn't that wild? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cool, though. But it's hard. It's not yeah. easy to build that up. And it's not easy to have that awareness and the understanding of like, oh, mm -hmm. this is going to build into something amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh shit! I got to do this again today. <laughs> oh well, crap! Like that's where that ninety day challenge, mm-hmm. uh, I, that ninety day challenge, or whatever it is, the ninety hard or whatever it oh, is, or seventy five yeah, hard, right. seventy five hard. What's that? So it's seventy five days of just you have to drink a gallon of water. You got to work out twice. One of them has to be outside. You have to get eight hours of sleep, and you have to read like ten pages in a book. Like it's seventy five days, seventy five. 75 hard is what it's called hmm. and i don't know the full gist of everything that's in the challenge but i think i hit it pretty strong sober too sobriety, yeah, sobriety for the 75 days mm-hmm. and just eating eating a proper meal plan or whatever regardless but it's 75 Ooh, days man. and that's supposed to the 75 days is how mm-hmm. long it takes you to uh build one of those new habits so mm-hmm. doing something for 75 days turns it into a habit mm-hmm. wow but yeah all right, y'all. We'll see you guys on the next one. Take care. Peace Thank out. Thank you, guys. Don't hesitate to catch episode 14 releasing next. Consumption or production? Did you know you have a choice? Catch the video of this podcast of us three ugly characters on YouTube. Find the audio version on anywhere you listen to your podcast. Take care. We'll see you out there.